the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is 4 o'clock in Southern California, KKLA. This is Southern California Live. I'm Bob Lapine. And and you know it's bad practice, don't you? You know it's a bad idea for you to go to the Bible, pop it open, find a verse, and try to build a theology off of a verse that is not in its proper context that that where where you're you're just you're you're grasping for straws. I, I bring that up because I want to read a couple of verses to you and and watch how this works, okay? First verse, Genesis chapter one. We're talking about creation. Verse twenty nine says, And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. All right, so that's what the verse says. God creates every plant, every tree. You shall have them for food. Now we jump ahead to First uh, Timothy 6, where the Bible says that uh, God richly gives us everything to enjoy, for enjoyment. The gifts are God's. All right, so God creates the plants. He gives us everything to enjoy for enjoyment. You see where I'm going with this? My son was on pastoral staff at a church in Colorado a few years back when the state of Colorado uh, voted to uh, decriminalize, to make legal recreational use of marijuana. And all of a sudden, the pastors at that church faced an issue they had never faced before, and that is... What do we say to people who come to us and say, is it okay for me to smoke a joint? I mean, in the past, they could say, no, you can't do that. It's illegal. And we're to honor the governing authorities. That's what Roman 13 tells us, right? But now it's legal. So is it okay as a Christian to smoke a joint? I mean, is it okay to, you know, to, you just have a beer? I mean, if, if somebody takes a, uh, takes Valium, just to take the edge off a little bit? Is it okay to smoke a joint to do the same thing? What what should we think about this plant that is a part of God's creation, cannabis, the marijuana plant? What what should we think about how we how we interact with this? We're we're going to talk about that this hour, and uh, to, to help us talk about it, Todd Miles is joining us. Todd is a, uh, a theology professor at um, at Western Seminary in Portland, and has written a book on this. Todd, first of all, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Bob. It's good to be here. Yeah, Todd's written a book on this subject called "Cannabis and the Christian: What the Bible Says About Marijuana," and. I'm I'm just curious about I mean you could write a book on a lot of different things. <laughs> so so what made you say okay let's let's write a book about weed. 
uh, I think it was the same experience that your son had, uh, except in a different Washington, uh, <laughs> the state of Washington, <laughs> right across the right, right across the river from Portland, Oregon. I, it shortly after, and I mean by shortly, like the next day after it was legalized, we had people in our congregation, at least one individual, uh, come to the leadership of my of my church and ask, "Hey, now that it's legal, can I go across the river and smoke some pot?" And uh, we realized that the typical answer wouldn't work. And so uh, we, we had to start thinking like Christians for a change <laughs> instead of just uh, relying upon the law to determine what was right and what was wrong. And um, I, I eventually uh, put some thoughts down on paper, and then I ended up uh, um, uh, speaking on it. And before long, I was going all over the place talking about it, and then I was asked to do a book on it. So that's kind of the origin story. So so uh, the verses that I, I started off here with from Genesis 1 and then from 1 Timothy 6, is is this, have I made the majority argument for those who would say this is, all, all things are, are lawful. All things may not be profitable, but this is, this is lawful. And as long as I'm not getting wildly mind altered with this, I can, I can smoke a joint and take the, take a little of the, the edge off. Yeah. I, well, I, Certainly, for, for those who would advocate a, a use of, of recreational marijuana, that those would be go-to verses for sure. And and yet, as, as I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm not sure that's proper exegesis to just pull those verses yeah. out and say, "Okay, so we can build a case now for uh, for going one." Well, I guess it, you have to say one toke on the other side of the line rather than over yeah, the line. Right? There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, so uh, well, as you I and mean, the el- well, do go no go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that I would affirm, of course, what those verses teach. Uh, that, and and I would even connect that to, to cannabis. I, I I would argue that the cannabis plant is the good creation of a very generous God. Uh, but like with all of God's good gifts, they have to be used responsibly. I mean, I, I arsenic, I would say, is, is the good gift of a very <laughs> generous God. Uh, but it has to be used appropriately and responsibly to, to to get the benefit out of it that the Lord intends or in, and or intended for us. So let's talk about uh, useful, re- responsible use, and and whether this is something that we can say, okay, in moderation, you're probably fine. Just don't get way buzzed. Yeah, and of course that that raises the question, doesn't it, of 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 uh, whether moderate use is is possible. Uh, most people who smoke marijuana or use edibles. Most people, not all, but but most are are looking for some sort of of high, uh, mind-altering high. Um, uh, Marijuana intoxication comes quickly. Uh, It's far more so, especially if it's smoked, than, say, say, alcohol intoxication would. Uh, We we know uh, that alcohol intoxication is is absolutely forbidden. Uh, That is, it's a sin. Uh, It's uh, the, the whole Bible uh, it, maybe not every book in the Bible, but 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 all through both Old and New Testaments, you have prohibitions on on drunkenness, um, and the the Lord very helpfully gives us reasons as to why alcohol intoxication is is wrong. Uh, you know, He could have just said, "Don't do it," because I said so. But but he did, he didn't do that. He he told us why. Um, uh, if you put all the verses together, you end up with some categories. I I, I would say that alcohol intoxication is forbidden because it it impairs cognitive ability, it impairs physical ability, and in, it impairs moral judgment. Um, 
And then uh, when, when we go to an, another mind-altering substance uh, like, like marijuana, at THC, the, 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 the psychoactive component of, of marijuana that most people are, are seeking, um, uh, THC intoxication demonstrably does all three of those things. Uh, it, it impairs uh, physical c- capacity, it impairs cognitive abilities, and it impairs moral judgment. And so um, at, at that point, I'm pretty confident and comfortable in, in saying that uh, that just as alcohol intoxication is forbidden, so is is marijuana intoxication. And is there a um, is there a, a a legitimate use of, or is there a can you can you smoke a little weed and and not become intoxicated, but just relax a little bit? Yeah, well, I I think that is the big question, and and that would be the the uh, the use for marijuana that proponents would argue uh, that's what people who use alcohol responsibly do. And so it it does raise the question, is that possible with with marijuana? Um, Most people who are uh, using marijuana in in a small enough dose to where they're not intoxicated, um, they're really trying to find some of the benefit for THC or, or perhaps even CBD, but, but THC um, uh, to, to, for, for some medical purpose. Um, and, and then in my estimation, uh, even though there's really no substance difference between medical marijuana and, and um, recreational marijuana, but the, the, the purpose for which you are using marijuana would change Therefore, the kinds of uh, wisdom questions and discipleship questions uh, might be a little different, not entirely different, but, 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 but certainly there would be some different kinds of questions. So let's, um, let's set aside the medical use for just a second, and, and okay. we'll, we'll come yeah. to that. But let's just yeah. talk about the recreational, the guy who says, you know, I get home, it's been a hard day. I just, yeah. like, to, I just like to take a couple of hits, and, and it just helps me chill and be ready to face the wife and the kids. Well, I I would argue at, at that point uh, you're, you're probably using it uh, medicinally, um, <laughs> but uh, right you're you're using it as a coping mechanism for something. Now, uh, and, and again, I, I would argue that that that, uh, that if, if you're using it to get intoxicated, and intoxication is the only way that you can cope with something, uh, one intoxication is forbidden, and two. Uh, we might want to. So I'm, I'm thinking as an elder and pastor at this point. I'm thinking that that, that maybe we might want to dig into what's actually going on, and and that you're just anesthetizing your life at this mm-hmm. point. Let's let's dig into what's going on and see if we can deal with the root issues, um, rather than you have in a uh, rather than have you stay in in, in some sort of uh, of drug induced haze, so, mm-hmm. so that you can cope with life. I, I remember a conversation with my son as a teenager who um, who was – first of all, he was looking at the argument in Scripture that says, do, my, do not be drunk with wine. And his first thing was, so it says wine, so I don't use wine. I use, I'll use beer or, or whiskey, right? And I go, yeah, I, I think you're missing the bigger point. Yeah, that loophole, huh? huh? <laughs> and then the second thing was, okay, don't get drunk, but it doesn't say don't get buzzed. So, you know, is there a a difference between just a little buzz and drunkenness? Uh, Well, 
that is a very good question. Um, I, I think that, that, that now we're, we're delving into wisdom. Um, what, what takes place at the buzz level? Are you, are, are you uh, cognitively, cognitively impaired to the point where your capacities are diminished? Um, and, and, and then how much is too much diminishment? It uh, doesn't seem that the Bible says. So, so I mean, I, I would argue, just from a wisdom perspective, that, uh, that, that the Lord wants us to worship Him, serve Him with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and that he wants us uh, at our at our best. Um, that we should be giving him the best that we can. And so, I would be again. I'm thinking just as an elder and pastor here, from a wisdom and discipleship perspective. I I would be concerned with someone who 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 even wanted to be just a little bit diminished uh, mm-hmm. in in their cognitive abilities. Um, yeah, I, not I, sure I, how you swear that as a disciple of Jesus. Well, let me tell you an interesting story. When I was um... I think I was 19 or 20, my, my girlfriend and I, now my wife, but we were, we were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. We went to the Tulsa State Fair. We were both students at the University of Tulsa, and it was state fair time. We went, and there was a guy who was going to do a hypnosis show. And so he invited people to come down to the front, said, put your hands together, and, and as soon as I say pull them apart, uh, you're going to try, but you're not going to be able to pull them apart. One, two, three, pull them apart. And so I, I'm up there, and I'm trying to pull my hands apart. And I thought, I could, but I'm just going to pretend like I can't and just hang on tight, right? And he came along and said, come up on the stage. I thought, okay, all right, this is going to be interesting because he thinks I've got this suggestion thing working. So I'm up on the stage. He's got about 10 of us on the the stage. He says, everybody's going to put your hands up. When I say put them down, you're going to try, but you're not going to be able to put them down. And he said, one, two, three, put them up, one, two, three, and, and I couldn't put my hands down. I could not put them down, and wow. I got, it freaked me out. And I, in that moment, I thought to myself, um, I do not like the fact that I can't do. I, I, my body will not respond to what my mind is telling me to do. I don't like the loss of bodily control. I don't like a diminished capacity. And as soon as he said you can put your hands down, it was almost like whatever hypnosis was at work was gone. In fact, he dismissed me from the stage in the next segment because I think he realized I'd kind of come out from under his hypnotic suggestion. But but just that moment where I thought, I do not like this experience of of not being in control. Not not that I'm, I'm in total control because uh, the Lord's in control, but I do not like diminished capacity. And, and that affected how I looked at things like marijuana, how it looked at drinking in, in my year. I, I didn't want to do something that would cause me to have diminished uh, response time, diminished capacity, uh, just just to have a little bit of a buzz. And I know it's a little off subject here, but I think it's to the point of if, if you do want to be buzzed, you're giving up something in terms of of your ability to function and your ability to to react and your ability to interact with other people, aren't you? Uh, I think so. I think so. Um, I, I know that, that there are, are people who will, will disagree. I've certainly run into a number of people as, as, as they've interacted with uh, my, my conclusions that, that argue that, that you know, when, when they're a little buzzed or when they have a little bit of THC or maybe when they're completely high that they're, Cognitively, they're they're sharper. Um, 
And I, I can't argue with people's experiences. I, I just know that physiologically, I, I, we understand what THC does in the brain. Um, in, and, uh, and, you know, I suppose that the responses to, to marijuana could be different, but um, I would be skeptical of claims like that. We're talking to Todd Miles, who is a professor of theology at Western Seminary in Portland. He's written a book called Cannabis and the Christian. And, and we're just talking about how we should understand this subject of marijuana use and whether there's a legitimate, acceptable use of this as a, as a relaxant. And, and I do want to talk about, I said, we'll talk about the medical side of it because I, I have a friend who, who's physician and I know there are, there are doctors who kind of, you know, Dr. Feelgood will write you a prescription for marijuana and you can go down to the dispensary and get it. I'm, I'm talking about a legitimate doctor who's tried a number of protocols and says, here's what yep. I want to try for your pain relief. I, I want you to try uh, a, a little cannabis. I think it will make a difference. And my friend has been has tried that and it has brought some relief. And mm-hmm. and, and my friend was very re- resistant to this because of uh, her upbringing and her morality and her convictions about Christianity, and yet it's brought yeah. some relief. So uh, is there a um, medicinal use for cannabis that we should look at and say that's in a different category than recreational use? Well, I think that it's it, it's, it's factual that, that there are different components of the cannabis plant that have proven medical uh purposes. Uh, THC, for example, we know that it uh, suppresses nausea. Uh, THC increases appetite. Uh, CBD has, has been very effective in, in treating some very pernicious forms of, of childhood epilepsy and, and, and reducing the intensity of seizures. And uh, I, I praise God for that. And, and I also suspect, you know, because the cannabis plant is so complex that there's, that there's many other purposes that we will find. Um, I, I would, so, so, so yes, I, I would say that the cannabis certainly has some, some, med, some medical benefits. Um, there, there are other questions though, that, that we need to, to ask. Um, one would be, is, is, is the most effective delivery system for, um, reducing ma- nausea, just going to a dispensary and getting um, a, a joint and, and you know of whatever uh, a percentage of THC that, that that you want, or or might it be to use the uh, pharmaceuticals that have been developed, the FDA has approved um, from the cannabis plant itself, um, where a doctor can control dosage. Uh, and there's some accountability and some, that that sort of thing. Um, I, I would also warn people that the, the anecdotal evidence for uh, the medical benefits um, it far outraces the the actual you know clinical. We, we've duplicated this and we understand how it's working. Evidence. Um, now, I, I did say that, that THC demonstrably uh, reduces nausea, nausea, increases appetite. Uh, but proponents of THC uh, make a lot of claims um, of the medical benefits of THC, make a lot of claims, and, and many of those have, have just not been substantiated. Some of them have been repudiated. Um, I, I get routine 
uh, letters and emails uh, when I when I do talks on marijuana, telling me that marijuana cured marijuana cured my dad of cancer. Uh, well, I, I I wish that were the case. Um, now, uh, perhaps THC can be useful in dealing with the side effects of some of the other treatments, but I I just it, I mean I, I wish marijuana cured cancer. Um, there's just no evidence for that. Uh, when it comes to pain relief, even um, the, the evidence is all over the place. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence and a lot of testimony. And I mean, I can't argue with anybody's testimony, nor do I want to. Nor do I want to. And and I don't think people are lying when they say that they have found relief from their pain. Um, I, I would I would ask: Are, are you um, aware of all of the other uh, perhaps risks that are associated with THC? And, and, and is it actually dealing with your pain? It may very well be. I, I, I suspect that it could be. Um, I, I, I would uh, say, though, that, that marijuana is an intoxicant before it is a pain reliever. <laughs> uh, it, that, that's how THC works. It, it, it's a more it's a more effective intoxicant than it is pain reliever, uh, for sure. Um, and uh, well, I'll, I'll just stop there if you want to narrow in on some other questions. We're talking to Todd Miles about cannabis and Christianity and how those fit together, if they fit together at all. Uh, We want to invite you to join the conversation if you'd like to. Our number is 888-52-TALKS. That's the number to call if you'd like to join us in the conversation this afternoon. That's 888-52-TALKS. And and, and I want to ask you about some of those those, uh, concerns about long-time cannabis use and Uh, whether or not it's addictive. We'll continue the conversation in just a minute. You're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA. It is 427 on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm Bob Lapine. We're talking with uh, Todd Miles this afternoon. Todd is a theology professor at Western Seminary in Portland. He's written a book called cannabis and the Christian, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about about weed. We're talking about whether there's a legitimate use and how we think through the use of cannabis as Christians, or, or whether it's just one of those things that ought to be on the, uh, I was going to say on the no-fly list, but maybe that's the wrong, <laughs> wrong phrase to use there. Um, when, my, when my kids were growing up, um, when they were teenagers, I would sometimes go to them and say, uh, they, they would say, is there a way I can earn some money? And I would say, yeah, I got a way you can earn some money. Uh, you can, I'll, I'll pay you uh, $20 if you will read this book and write me a two-page, uh, minimum 700-word book report on it. You read the book, send, give me the book report, 20 bucks for that. Now, with inflation, it's probably, you probably have to pay 40 bucks or 50 bucks for that same exercise today. But... My kids uh, made some money doing that, and I got an opportunity to get them to at least have to uh, process at some level some things that I wanted them to read. And if, if I had a teenage son or daughter today, I would probably say, you want to earn 50 bucks? Read this book, Cannabis and the Christian by Todd Miles, and, um, and then write a book report because it would open the subject. And and the reason I say that is because your kids are going to be proselytized, evangelized. Uh, they're going to have their friends saying, you need to try this. Oh, man. You haven't tried weed? Oh, yeah. It, no, it's great. 
and and you need to have them thinking biblically from a from a biblical worldview about a subject like this. And Todd's book really helps us do that. Uh, Todd, as um, as you work with parents whose kids are facing these kinds of temptations, what's your best advice to them on how they can interact with their kids on this subject and help prepare them for what's ahead? Well, I think that we need to give people reasons um, that it's not good enough just to say no. Um, uh, you know, I, I, the the whole just say no uh, movement. I, mm-hmm. I mean, th- there, there was something to that, but I think in the end it doesn't satisfy. I think I, I think kids, especially young people, want 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 good reasons if they're being asked to do something that is contrary to the uh, cultural wave, and uh, and so you know I. It, 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 it's also not good enough to just make something up and say, well, you know, the Bible forbids it, so, so, so therefore you can't do it. Um, because eventually, uh, hopefully, sooner rather than later, uh, young people uh, will, will start reading their Bibles, and they'll look for the places where you told them that the prohibitions were, and, and they won't find them. And so, so what, you, what we have to do is, is far tougher than just saying, oh, it's, it's there in the Bible. We, we have to uh, give our, our kids, train them up with a biblical worldview, and a way of understanding the the storyline of scripture, um, and it just how how are we supposed to think biblically about something that isn't explicitly in the Bible? Uh, my my conviction is that the Bible is sufficient. That is, uh, we've we've been given all the divine words that we need to live faithfully before the Lord to, to honor Him. We might not have all the divine words that we might want. But we have all the divine words that we need, and so there's sufficient wisdom in the scriptures. Um, and uh, I mean, even something is like seemingly old-fashioned is, "Hey, your body is the temple of the Lord." Um, you know that that that's not old-fashioned. It's it is a biblical truth that that our bodies are given to us by the Lord in order to image Him. Uh, our bodies are given to us uh, to steward, to take care of, to honor Him. I mentioned we're supposed to honor the Lord with our with our mind, uh, we're supposed to honor the Lord with our bodies as well. And so, uh, so, so knowing some of the risks, um, being able to do a simple risk-reward analysis uh, for uh, with, with something like marijuana. What is the reward? Well, I get high and I feel pleasure. Uh, what are the risks? Well, <laughs> uh, th- th- there, are some, there are some significant risks when it comes to, uh, to, to marijuana use, especially for, for young people. Uh, possibilities of marijuana addiction are are almost twice as high for teenagers as they are for adults. Um, interference with brain development is is absolutely a real thing when it comes uh, to to young people. Uh, THC demonstrably interferes with development of of the brain, and the reality is is that uh, if you if you interfere with the, your brain development that way through THC, you don't get it back. It's it's not a matter of, of you know, stopping smoking for two or three years so your brain can catch up. It, it doesn't. Um, and so you, you make decisions as a teenager thinking that you're impervious, but you've done something that, that alters the, uh, the, the rest of your life. Okay, so I, I hear that. And, and, and by the way, I agree with you 100%, but I'm trying to think about the person who says, this sounds like modern-day reefer madness, you know, where yeah. – because I've Googled this and, and I've read the articles online that say it, this does not affect your brain and it's not addictive. And all of these people who are – I mean, they're, they're just trying they're, – they're a bummer, man. So so yeah. here's, 
Here, here's the, the, uh, the, the argument on the other side. What do you say back to people who say, I've got, I've got science on my side? What, what do you say? Well, I would say uh, that, that when it comes to addiction, uh, it, is, it is absolutely true that marijuana is not as addictive as other substances. Even something like nicotine uh, is, is, is more addictive. Certainly opioids are. Alcohol is more addictive. However, not as addictive doesn't mean not addictive. And uh, almost one in 10 regular adult users, a regular user is someone who uses three to four times a week, one in 10 regular users will develop a clinical addiction to marijuana, which means uh, that the, the craving is so great because you have reshaped your brain and you are willing to risk harm to yourself and to others in order to, to, to meet that need. For teenagers, it's one in six teenage regular users. So it's almost, as I said, twice, twice as high. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, it's just not the case that marijuana is not addictive. It is addictive, not as addictive as some things, but it's still addictive. And then, yeah, I, I understand the, the arguments uh, about, you know, that outdated movie, Reefer, Bat, Reefer Madness. And by outdated, I just mean it's, it's kind of campy and tacky and silly looking. But uh, the medical research, and it seems to me that all of the medical research that, that I encountered is, is making the, the clear case that uh, there is a link between marijuana use and, and mental illness. Um, now, correlative, maybe, and correlation doesn't always mean causation, but, but certainly um, what, where the, almost all the research that I looked at is pointing to is that if, if you have a genetic predisposition to mental illness, that is, if it runs in your family, then, then THC has been demonstrated to, uh, to bring about the onset of that mental illness earlier at years earlier than what would have been the case otherwise. And, and there are sub. And there are some studies that are being that have been performed where they're not just correlating it, but but, but they're even showing some causation uh, between uh, mental illness, uh, schizophrenic forms of, of mental illness, um, uh, psychotic behavior, uh, that that sort of thing. And so I I, I know that 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 what was it 1930s movie Reefer Madness. It, it sounds silly and. And, and, and it's kind of a trope now just to, to trot that out and say, oh, yeah, you're just talking about Reefer Madness. That was a terrible movie. Therefore, that stuff's all false. Uh, but there's a lot of medical evidence that's growing all the time um, that, 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 that backs up uh, the, the links between, between mental illness and, um, and, and, and cannabis use. Once the legal fence came down on this issue, and it's not completely down, some states still regulate it differently, but once it came down in so many places, uh, we are seeing the normalization of of uh, pot use. I mean, you you watch a TV show, and uh, it's not unusual for, for somebody to smoke uh, a joint and, and for us to look at that and go, well, that's just that's just how life is today. Have we yeah. are, have we lost the cultural battle on this one? Do you think? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm sitting here in Portland, Oregon. There aren't too many <laughs> cultural battles that, that Christians have won at this point. So uh, I would say that uh, it, it, 
Well, let, let me say a couple of things. Uh, one is I, I don't see this reversing. Uh, recreational marijuana is legal in 17 states right now and in Washington, D.C. Medical marijuana in 35 states and Washington, D.C. I, I don't see that changing. I think it's just a matter of time before it's, it's, it's legal everywhere. And so, so Christians, no matter where you're at right now, you, you, you've got to start thinking about this and make good wisdom decisions, good discipleship decisions. Um, Secondly, I, 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 I agree with you. It, it, it is odd. I mean, it's, it's, it's more culturally acceptable to smoke pot than it is to smoke a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Um, and and th- there's this odd pride that is associated with, um, with marijuana use that is expressed in the community that's, uh, that, that's just very strange. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, part of that is uh, there's a very powerful, well-sourced uh, marijuana lobby. Uh, they have a complicit government and media, and uh, popular culture that's just walking right in lockstep with them, and, and it's all headed in the same direction. And and I think your point is we, we have to prepare for this and figure out what what do we believe, what does the Bible say, and how then shall we live? We're talking with Todd Miles about cannabis and Christianity. Todd has written a book called Cannabis and the Christian, and we're going to continue the conversation. I want to ask you, Todd, when we come back to talk about um, how this issue connects to the gospel. So we'll take a quick time out and continue the conversation on Southern California Live on KKLA. Southern California Live on KKLA on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm just, I'm laughing because that's Jesus is just all right by can we say who it's by? Yes. The Doobie Brothers. We're talking about cannabis and the Christian this afternoon with Todd Miles on Southern California Live. And uh, Todd is a professor of theology at uh, Western Seminary. He's the dir- director of the the master's program in theology there. So I think this is a fair thing to do to you here, Todd. But I'm going to set up a little, uh, a little theology exercise. And... I want to set side by side two ways of thinking about an issue like cannabis. One is what I'll call the the Pharisee way of thinking about it, which is the Bible has rules, and you keep the rules, and when you do, um, God is pleased. You you have, can have fellowship with him. You are welcomed into his presence as long as you keep the rules. And so we should look through the Bible, understand the rules, keep the rules so we can have a relationship with God. That's Pharisee thinking. And and next to that is what I'll call gospel thinking, which is that um, you can't keep the rules. Jesus kept the rules on your behalf. And so you need to run to Jesus and, and, um, and follow him, accept forgiveness for your sins. And, and then out of that relationship that is formed with God through the perfect obedience of Christ, now we seek to live out uh, God's standards for us. We, we try to live the life that God wants us to live in response to the love that God has shown us in Christ. I, I put both of those side by side and say, I think a lot of Christians, when it comes to something like cannabis, can gravitate toward Pharisee thinking on an issue like this and say, you know, the the Bible says no, so no. But but we, we really need to be thinking from a gospel perspective, whether it's this issue or a wide variety of issues uh, in, in how we process this, don't we? 
Yeah, and I I think your your gospel uh, explanation was 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 very very strong. If you were in a theology class of mine, I would give you an A for that <laughs> for sure. Um, the uh, you know the the last thing I want to do in writing a book like Cannabis and the Christian is to suggest to anyone that that, that if they just avoid pot or don't smoke pot, then they will be okay with God. Or there's something wrong with my life, and so if I just stop smoking pot, then, then God will be pleased with me. Uh, that that is that is absolutely not uh, the case. Um, smoke whether to to use marijuana or not use marijuana that 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 is not a a justification issue, uh, at least in, in an immediate sense. Um, at, but it, it is also the case that Jesus just Jesus didn't just save us from sin; he he saved us to God and for God as well, right? And so we haven't merely been justified, and then that's good enough, um, but that there is a process of sanctification that is taking place uh, through uh, means of grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through even uh, the the kinds of decisions that that we make where, where we are being transformed day by day into the image of Christ, anticipating that wonderful day when we stand before Jesus, we see Him as He is, and we are uh, finally and completely wholly sanctified. Uh, our typical term for that is, is glorified. Uh, and so uh, a, a big part of, uh, of the Christian life following uh, your, your regeneration, following your reconciliation to God, is, is, is God wanting to grow you up in, in wisdom, uh, to 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 grow you into maturity in Christ, and um, the, you know, being able to to take every thought captive in obedience to Jesus Christ, to to think Jesus's thoughts after Him, to, uh, to to give an appraisal of of all things, including cannabis, that is uh, true, um, robust, biblical, faithful, godly. Um, and, and, and so that's where uh, the, the behaviors surrounding marijuana, I, I think, intersect uh, with, with the Christian life. It, uh, taking, using marijuana, not using marijuana, that, that's not going to justify you, uh, certainly. Um, a, biggest, a, a marijuana addict's biggest problem uh, is not... Uh, that, that they are addicted to marijuana and they get high too often. Uh, an, an unsaved person who uses marijuana, their biggest problem is that they uh, are alienated from from the Lord and, and they're living in rebellion against Him. And uh, smoking marijuana or not smoking marijuana, that's not going to do anything uh, with regard to that. Once, yep. once you are saved, though, once you are saved, then... Uh, th- there's a process of, of transformation that takes place where where the Lord wants us to grow in wisdom, and and that means being able to look at at, at all issues uh, the, the way that He would have us look, um, depending on Him, seeking to honor Him in every single thing that we do, not just the so-called religious things, not just on the obviously moral and, and immoral things, but but in all things, and 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 what what I've tried to do. Uh, in in the book is is to provide the kind of discipleship and wisdom questions that I think we need to ask about both recreational and medical marijuana. Well, and I, I I've never met anybody who said um, you know the reason that I I smoke weed is because 
I, I, my heart, I want to glorify God in, in, in everything I do, whether I eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. And mm-hmm. so uh, I, I smoke weed for the glory of God. I, I've just never met anybody make that argument and be a pretty hard argument to make, it seems like to me. Well, uh, there are people who will make that. Um, the, the idea that, that if you take some sort of mind-altering drug, that, that it helps you in your relationship with God. I mean, I, I know that sounds like Timothy Leary stuff from the 1960s, <laughs> but, uh, but people make that argument. Today. I, I've, I've, I've talked to people who make that argument, that, that their relationship with the Lord just took off once they started smoking pot. Um, and, and again, I, 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 it's, it's not for me to judge or to uh, condemn or, or uh, put a stamp of approval on, on anybody's experience. Um, I, I would argue that, that the use of an entheogen, and, 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 and that's the, the technical term for, for using a, a mind-altering drug to enhance relation, its spiritual productivity, uh, an entheogen, they're, they're just not in the Bible. Um, you, you don't see anything like that. There's, there's one verse in the Scriptures that says, wine makes the heart glad. Um, but, but using, using um, a mind-altering substance uh, to get closer to the Lord, to unlock spiritual potentialities, that sort of thing. Um, that that has more in common with with a I don't know, like maybe like a New Age mysticism that, than it does a, a biblical spirituality. Uh, we we are told on I, I mentioned before we're, we're to honor the Lord with our mind, and uh, we're, we're supposed to, for example, meditate on on the Word of God um, to. To, to meditate in a biblical sense, to meditate on 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 the Lord and, and on His Word, it it's not to empty our mind. It's not to enter some strange spiritual or different spiritual plane through, through the use of an entheogen, but but it's to fill your mind with the Word of God and work it over in your mind, thinking hard about it. The the the, the, the Hebrew word for for uh, meditation is haga. And it literally means to mutter over, like you're thinking so hard about it that you're actually talking out loud. You're murmuring over it. You're 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 thinking so hard, your lips are moving. Um, that's a long way from emptying your mind. Um, and so I, I would just want. And now again, I've, I've had plenty of people uh, who have come to me and said, uh, "Hey, I, I again, my, my relationship with the Lord has just been unlocked since since I started smoking pot." Um, I would say that that. Just like with prophecy, we, we, we would want, you know, the, the New Testament injunction on prophecy, both old and new, is, is to test test those kinds of claims against, yeah. uh, I would argue, against the Word of God. Um, is there a place for a mind-altering substance in worship? Um, I can't find one in the Scriptures. Well, and in fact, uh, you, you referenced uh, wine makes the heart glad, Psalm Four says, uh, "Lord, you have made our hearts more glad than their wine when it abounds." So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we have okay. to recognize if, what are we looking for at the source of our enlightenment, the source of our gladness, the source of our joy, the source of our peace. The Bible says this stuff is the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of the vines or the fruit of the the cannabis plant. And and I I think. I think you've made a strong, compelling case, which is why I'd have my teenager read your book and I'd pay him fifty dollars to do it. <laughs> and and I hope that I hope moms and dads will will recognize your kids are 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 growing into a world where cannabis is going to be the norm and acceptable, and there's going to be no social restriction against it, uh, no inhibition against it. In fact, you may be looked upon as a little weird if you 
if if you don't smoke a little weed. So you got to get your kids ready to be thinking biblically about these things. And Todd, you've really helped us with that, and I'm grateful. Uh, and I want to encourage people to get a copy of the book Cannabis and the Christians. Thanks for, and the Christian. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Oh, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. And I want to encourage all of you to be back with us tomorrow. Let me give you a little preview. Tomorrow we're going to be talking with Colin Hansen about whether it's time for us to turn off the uh, the virtual church. Is it time for us to shut down the uh, the the online services? Are we are we helping people stay home, and are they missing something? We're also going to talk with uh, Jason Romano tomorrow about the Christian players on the Dodgers and, uh, and and just who we can be cheering for as we continue through the postseason. So I hope you'll be back tomorrow for another edition of Southern California Live. We'll see you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.